The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. Amen. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe. On the risen Christ Amen You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you He can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which he stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come From the coming storm While you have breath You 
have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Several weeks ago, while on vacation, the Lord began to answer very serious prayer. I had asked him to do whatever he needed to do to get my attention, to break and to mold, because My wife and I said to each other in our prayer time, if revival is to come, it must come through us. We must get ourselves ready. And I recognized I could not get myself ready to lead a revival. It's not by might and it's not by power. It's by my spirit. I noticed something about myself that I did not like. In the morning, in the hotel where we were on vacation, I would have my Bible on the little table, and I would have my cell phone beside that. I'd wake up in the morning, and I'd begin, I'd reach out to take my cell phone to check the progress on the broadcast to check the latest news, to know what was happening. And the Lord would say to me, why are you reaching first for your cell phone and not for your Bible? That was troubling to me. But I said, I'll pray about it. So I asked the Lord how I was going to break this. And I continued, most of the time, reaching first for my cell phone. And then something happened that's never happened to me before. The cell phone slipped out of my hands and shattered the glass. And I said, oh, it's not not a big deal. When I get home, I can repair that cell phone. But it was a big deal to God because it was reflecting my own pride and what I was wanting, frankly. It was the next day when my wife and I went out for a swim. And as we were in the water, I 
did not plan to get completely wet, not above my knees, because the surf was pretty rough. And I bent over, wearing my glasses, to pick up a piece of coral. And as I did that, a wave suddenly, rogue, slapped me in the face. And one lens of my glasses washed away. Well, I didn't think too much about it. I said, well, when I get home, I can get a new pair of glasses. It was difficult, however, now to read the Bible. I had a small print Bible with me, the Lavender Bible. And as I would begin reading with only one eye, that eye would begin to pain. I was stressing it. So now, if I wanted to read the Bible, there was effort and strain. Of course, I'm not going to my cell phone because if I do, I get shreds of glass in my fingers. Okay. We drove home, one-eyed. I look funny because in the sun, one turns dark, and so it looks strange to see a one-eyed light and one-eyed dark. Two weeks ago on Monday, we got home on Sunday and Monday night. My wife wanted to rearrange some of the studio, and there was a heavy light that she wanted moved upstairs, a lamp. And so I took the lamp and began my climb up the stairs. But as I approached the top, suddenly, I don't know how, but in a moment, I had lost my balance. And I tumbled down the stairs. I landed on my right hip and my right leg. It was instant, searing pain. I lay there for a moment, stunned. And then I began, with my wife's help, try to climb up and sit in a chair. No sooner had I tried that I fell again and was flat on the floor again. It took us four hours to get me to a chair. The pain was immense. The right leg was completely useless. I could not put any weight on it. I was bruised and hurt all over my body. Why am I telling you all of this? Because God tried first to talk to me about my cell phone. And then he tried to talk to me about what I looked at with my eyes. And then he finally just put me flat on the floor in anguish and pain. My self-confidence was crushed. Instantly crushed. 
no self-confidence in my ability to do anything except groan. Okay. The only place I could lay down was our couch. Night came about two in the morning. My wife helped me and got me onto the couch. She, with a blanket, lay down and slept on the other couch, waking up several times in the night to help me try to ease my pain. Some of you have said, well, Pastor Ray, why didn't you go to a doctor? Why didn't you call 911 and have them? Well, because some 30 years ago, I made a pledge to Jesus that he was my doctor. And I haven't been since. But it wasn't really that. If Jesus had told me to go to a doctor, I would have immediately and gladly gone to a doctor to get pain relief. My confidence was not in the doctor. Now, if you go to a doctor, I don't criticize you in any way. Most people go to doctors for their social life. I have a young man, a friend, I think he's at the doctor two or three times a week. And he's healthy. But he's got this little sinus problem or he has this little whatever. I don't belittle that. He's welcome to go to the doctor. I believe in doctors. But only when directed to go by the Holy Spirit. I've thought a lot about this, and it comes down to what were the words of Jesus? What were the directions that Jesus gave to his disciples? Now, yes, he promised to heal them. He promised to heal his people. But I recognize that what I needed most of all was to have my pride broken, my confidence in myself broken. I mean, do you know what it means when you you groaningly, slowly, agonizingly sit up in bed on a couch? And then your wife brings you the toothbrush, and you're able to brush your teeth, rinse your mouth, and then you're scrubbed up. Your wife, with a washcloth and hot water, scrubs your body every inch. And then you have to do your hair. And mine looks like a war went on it. Okay. The issue is, what does Jesus say? I want to read you a very short verse. You've heard me talk about it many times but I want to open it for us today. And please let me just stop for a moment. This is not going to be easy. This is not going to be easy for you to hear. And you may even get mad at me. But I want you to know up front, I don't do this broadcast to please you. 
I do this broadcast to lift up Jesus Christ. So you can disagree with me, and that will be all right with me if you disagree with me. It's not a problem. But I'm going to speak to you a very straight word of the living God, and it will challenge you on every level at which you live. Jesus said in chapter 7 of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, this is not a casual teaching. He says, enter through the narrow gate. And the Greek word is suffering affliction gate. Why would he say enter into the narrow gate with suffering? Because it's a suffering gate through which we must enter. I'm going to develop that, but wait for me. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the suffering gate, the groaning gate. And narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few Find it. Well, let's talk about this. Most American Christians believe that if they follow the rules, they go to church, they read their Bible, if they if they do the things that Christians are supposed to do. Don't lie, don't cheat. Then they have outer boundaries established. And all they need to do is stay in the middle. All they need to do is walk the walk. May I tell you, that's religion. I'm not a man who believes in religion. I'm a man who is utterly, wildly given to Jesus Christ. And when he needs to discipline me and put me on the floor broken, put me on the floor with great pain and anguish, that's okay. You see, if if I take the position that I'm doing those things that say I'm a Christian and I'm happy about that, then I'm a Christian and I can walk in confidence in Jesus and I can say I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. The problem we face is this issue of self-confidence where I can do what I need to do. I can go where I need to go. For example, I'd love to go to a, a little restaurant called First Watch. 
It's a breakfast place, and it's priced right. I've enjoyed going there. I can't go now. And people say to me, well, pastor, can't you use your crutches? No, I fall on my face. I literally cannot use my right leg. Well, how long are you going to put up with that, pastor? It's not a sin to go to breakfast. No, it's not. Until Jesus comes to break from my heart, my self-confidence. You see, I've been given a great deal of confidence by being able to get in the car and go, by being able to walk a couple miles every morning. A lot of confidence that I can come on the radio, I can come on YouTube, I can do a broadcast, and God is pleased with that. So I'm okay. Well, no, I'm not. No, I'm not okay. I can tell you right now that many, many Christians are walking down the middle road. Jesus did not tell us to walk down the middle road. Jesus told us to walk through the narrow gate and to stay on the narrow path. So, what do I say to someone who all they want to do is watch YouTube videos President Trump? Their self-confidence rests in President Trump. He's the golden man who will come and bring deliverance to America. No, he's not. No, he's not. That's a lie. Some of you, you just want to watch movies. Some of you want to do what I was doing, going and checking the news a number of times through the day. That was not what Jesus wanted me to be doing. But there was a lust in my heart to be informed regarding the Ukraine war and the finances and Russia. So some of you are caught up in the news. Some of you are caught up in your recreation. You can't think of anything except, when can I go again? Or when can I play my my video game again? Or when can I go on my next vacation? When can I go to eat? All these things, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I'm trying to say to you today, that revival will not come in your life until you turn off the YouTube videos. Until you turn aside from your entertainment. Till you give up the notion that you're free to do whatever you want to do 
and you'll take a passage from Paul, Corinthians, and you'll twist it to mean something that it doesn't mean. Paul did not live free to do whatever he wanted to do. My brother Don is just going to be going out to look for a house to buy in Tennessee. And that would be a very nice thing to do because our oldest brother, Roger, and his wife, they're in Tennessee already. They made that move. Well, I could do that move too. I could do that move and and do the radio from Tennessee. I'm not allowed to. What do I mean? Is it okay for Roger and Dawn to live with their families in Tennessee? Yes. If the Lord led them there, absolutely. But if they move there out of their own desire, and they move there with no word from the living God, if they are not under orders, and it was sin before God. And the problem is, some of you have never heard from God. He's never spoken to you. Why has God not spoken to you? Because you're too far away from God to hear. You're too much in religion and not enough in Jesus. We're called to be in Jesus, not in religion. I am doing a radio broadcast at the Lord's command. I'm broken. I'm miserable. But I'm rejoicing. I praise God. I praise God that he has broken all self-confidence in my heart. I want him to continue keeping me broken before him. And if that means my body, that's fine. If that means my spirit, that's fine. I just want to be broken before Jesus. I don't want any pride. I don't want any self in my spirit. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if you call yourself a Christian, you need to belong also to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Not in religion, but in Jesus. In Jesus. There's a passage of scripture I'd like to share with you. It's out of the book of Ephesians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms, every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. I want to read another passage. May I just take an aside? I've known people who have been utterly broken in their bodies. They've lived with very high levels of pain and anguish. For them, I pray that in the process of being healed and restored, they would also lose all self-confidence. 
That sounds strange, doesn't it? But self-confidence causes us to do things and say things that are not pleasing to the Lord. I don't want to do that. This is Colossians, the third chapter. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Don't set your heart. Don't set your heart on on people or videos. Don't set your heart on your comfort or your pleasure. Set your heart on Christ. Fill your heart with his word. Fill your heart with humility. Ask Jesus to humble your heart. I didn't realize that would mean my my telephone would be smashed. I didn't know that would mean that I would lose the ability to clearly see. I certainly did not know that that would mean for me a searing accident that has taken all of my strength. But none of my courage. My courage is in Jesus Christ. He is the life giver. He is everything to me and to every Christian. We don't walk according to the rules. One brother said to me, we can't set rules and then walk by those rules. He was right. We walk with Jesus and the Holy Spirit tells us where to go, what to do, what to say. This broadcast today is a direct result of the moving power of the Holy Spirit as I confront you and call you to give up all of your self-confidence, to stop walking in the middle of the road. It's a narrow path. It's not a broad way. It's a narrow path. And it means you give up all of your own power and you begin to cry out to Jesus, please speak with me. I belong to you. I surrender my life to you, Jesus, and to you alone. I belong to you, Jesus. Come back here to Ephesians. Listen. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to walk and live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. 
Some of you go so quickly to that pornography. Some of you go so quickly to that, to that fornication. Call yourself a Christian. Some of you go so quickly to that self-confidence and pride. You don't need help from anybody. You're self-sustaining. No, you're not. No, you're not. He goes on. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and, and, and the cravings of our own sinful nature, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of the great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. These good works are the very heart of the direction that Jesus will speak to our hearts and say, do this for me. I do this radio broadcast. I do it for Jesus. I speak honestly for Jesus. I'm not trying to please you. I'm trying to stir you up to get you to see the wickedness of self-confidence, that that must be broken. And may I say to you, in the anguish and pain of not being able to walk, not being able to get up or lay down without immense pain, I want to tell you, I'm praising Jesus. Will he heal me? Yes, he will heal me. He will restore me. Minus the self-confidence. So whatever Jesus has to do in my life, I'm going to rejoice over him. I'm going to praise him and honor him. I'm going to be so Grateful for Jesus because he is is kind. He's kind and loving when he slaps you down on the floor and breaks your, your hip and your leg. Oh, yes. I could go to the doctor for years. 
spend thousands of dollars, not be ever made well? How could I even desire to go to anyone but Jesus? I can't. For many years, he's carried me in his arms. I'm very grateful. Praise his name. So I wait upon the Lord. He is my strength and my confidence. And what's he going to do? Well, first, he's going to heal me and restore me. And then he's going to open the door for revival. He's going to change your heart. He's going to give you a will not to be consumed by this world. Not to be consumed by your own thoughts and your own desires. You're going to slowly begin to give up all of your rights to Jesus. You're not going to dictate to Jesus, this is what I want. Give it to me. Oh, never mind. I'll go get it myself. No. Jesus is doing a work in your heart. That's why you're listening. Jesus is doing a work by his aggressive blood. The blood of Jesus is alive. It is not dead. And the blood searches out the sin in our hearts, the arrogance, the pride, the the self-confidence. And he speaks to us about it, like he did to me. Turn your cell phone off. Don't, Don't go after what your nature wants to go after. But go after Jesus. Now, how do we enter into Jesus? Well, we enter into Jesus by coming to him on our knees and saying, we want you, Jesus. I can't do it in my power or my strength. I can do some things until I'm slapped down. And can't do anything. When you finally come to a place where you recognize you're not the man. You're not God. And you need him. And you say, Jesus, here's what I've done. Here are the sins. I confess them. I acknowledge them. And I ask you now, would you forgive me for these sins? Specific sins. Identifiable attitudes. And then by saying, now, Lord, do whatever you need to do to reshape my mind and my body and my heart. And I will wait upon you. You cannot make yourself good. Only Jesus is good. You cannot keep the rules and think that now you're in Christ. No, you're in religion. Religion will never take you to heaven. 
Only Jesus can take you to heaven. So it's a matter of turning in full confidence and trust and saying, Jesus, love you. I want you. I surrender my heart to you. You're not going to find revival by singing 45 minutes or an hour or a day or a week or a month. That's not what will bring Jesus to you. There's only one thing that will bring Jesus into your life. And only one thing that will bring you into the life of Jesus Christ. Repentance. Repentance. Giving it into the hand of Jesus. It's not a matter of apologizing. It's not even a matter of saying, I'm sorry even though that's important. But what's much more important to Jesus is that you let him change your behavior. Just hearing the Spirit right now that there is someone who has a real problem with alcohol. It makes you happy. It salves the wild beast in your heart. And Jesus is saying to you, will you give it to me? Or to have a DWI? To go to court? What will it take for you to finally let Jesus do to you to shape you as he needs to, whatever that means. You enter into Jesus Christ through the doorway of honest repentance, of turning by the power of the blood of Jesus from your sin and turning now Lord, I just hear today that there are people listening who desperately need your help. They're caught in their own self-confidence. Lord, there are some who are so determined they will not bend. They would rather break than bend. Their opinion is that they're right, and they're going to do it their way in their time. Lord, I pray for a humbling of heart for every person listening today. Please do whatever you need to do in their heart to turn their life toward heaven. Break the religion and bring men and women into your spirit. And we will praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your name. Now, I have a couple of things I need to say to those of you who have been so faithfully giving. Before I left on a time of rest, two weeks of rest, I said to you, my fear is that because I'm not live, you won't be listening and you won't be keeping up the offerings that carry this broadcast on WAVA. 
I ask, would you please fill my mailbox that when I get home, it'll be full and the radio will be covered. Well, guess what? You did that. And I'm so proud of you and so grateful to you and so happy that Jesus paid that last month's radio bill. So now, March is paid. April is not quite paid. And then we'll begin working on on May. May is the big month, over $4,000. You know what? I know it will be covered. You have proven yourself in my absence. You've proven yourself. And I am so grateful. And I love you so much. I know it's Jesus who's in charge. It's Jesus who carries us. This broadcast is not listener-sponsored. It's Jesus-sponsored. And he moves in the hearts of those he chooses to give hilariously of what the Spirit wants them to give. Thank you. Well, I wasn't sure if I could manage a full hour of broadcast time. I guess I forgot about how much it hurts. That was a really nice thing for me. Talk to you about Jesus. I love to talk to you about Jesus. And I want you to talk to others about Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And my heart was encouraged and lifted by this time together today. Thank you. Would you pray for me? Pray for healing in my body. But pray also for healing in my soul that there will be no self-confidence in me. For revival is coming, but it's coming by the power of the Holy Spirit not by my ability to preach or teach. Coming by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as he's commissioned by Jesus to turn our hearts in humility toward heaven. Well, we're almost out of town, out of time with this broadcast. Would you join me again tomorrow? And I'm going to try to do another full hour of broadcast. Would you also let us know what you think about these shorts that that my brother Ed Pugh has been putting up? I think we now have almost 50 shorts. And many, many people have gone and listened and watched. Would you pray for the for the shorts, that the young people that listen to these will be touched, that their hearts will be turned toward heaven. I also ask if you would pray for this hour-long Pilgrim's Progress broadcast. 
I'm asking Jesus to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in this city and that he would do to this city of the Washington metro area anything he needs to do to break the power of Baal in this city, to humble the heart of our wicked president, to humble the heart of the wicked in this city. Oh, Jesus. It's a very narrow path called us to. And the people who don't walk the narrow path are filled with pride. And they're casual and resistant. They're full of themselves. Lord, I ask, would you come? Would you come and empower Jesus? Would you hear the cry of our hearts for revival? I know that revival will require a daily crying out before you in repentance where every every filth has to be removed. Every spot and every blemish has to be removed by the blood of Jesus. Pray, almighty God. I don't want people to listen to this broadcast, Jesus, and just intellectually agree with me. I want their hearts to be stirred by your power and by your Holy Spirit. I want them to stand with you, Jesus, crying out over their sin, being set free, being redeemed by your blood. Lord, please come. Please come and do the work in our hearts. Lord, finish this work of breaking my self-confidence. Let there be no pride in my heart, no self-sufficiency. Thank you, Jesus. Pray in your name. Amen. I know that suffering is the way of the cross. I know that if you avoid Suffering. I don't wish suffering in your life, but I can only tell you that it's what Jesus does that works a miracle in our hearts, that changes the way we look at things. My heart goes out today to each one of you who's suffering. I can tell you now, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, and his heart is set on you, and he wants to redeem you for the cross. I'd like to receive from you some reports, letters. You can text me 
I'd like to hear what Jesus is doing. If you've been suffering, let me know. Okay? Well, I don't know what's happening with the time. I'm told there's two more minutes, but I don't think there's another two minutes. It's already what time? Mr. Producer? Mr. Pitt? Okay, my computer says it's 155 beyond. So are we still live on radio? Okay. Then I'll say a couple more things to you. If the Holy Spirit has convicted you today, you need to go spend some time with Jesus. You need to talk to your wife or your husband and need to ask, how are we doing with Jesus? Where do we stand with Jesus? My brother, my sister, it's a narrow suffering road that we're called to walk. Not an easy catwalk, cakewalk. It's not a snooze. God wants you. I love you. Thank you. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I'll talk to you soon.